Hello and welcome to another episode of Jackson Talks, everybody. With me, your host, Aaron Mashbitz, a.k.a. Jackson Stone. And this is episode 111, wow, of Jackson Talks, everybody. And I have a fantastic guest today. So, Aaron, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thanks for having me. 111, that's a really good number. So, it's meant to be here, you know? You think so? Yeah, that's a good number. Why is it a good number? I don't know. They say that, like, triple numbers are, like, angel numbers. So I have like four, four, four yeah. into a necklace because I see it like literally every day, like every day. So. And you always see it as a good thing. Yeah, it's like, like a um, what do they call it? Like a synchronicity. Like you see it frequently. Yeah. It's like a good thing. I don't know. Fantastic. So one, one, one is a great episode. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. Unplanned. The universe. <laughs> I know. Speaking to us. Working in a, the way it does. Yeah. Yeah. It's cool. Cool. Well, right before I started recording, you said that you've watched a couple episodes. I and I know you just watched the one with uh, with Logan because he's a friend of yours. Yes, yeah. He's excellent. That was excellent. He's great. Yeah, uh, yeah. We went to high school together, and yeah, um, we weren't like super close in high school, but um, we kind of reconnected once he started doing all of his film stuff. I knew that he was like in a band and um, all of that, and then yeah, we became friends, hung out a few times, and then yeah, we worked together, and he's just a really cool dude. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm very excited to. One, now I'm friends with him, so that's the best part. Yeah. Two, also to work with him. Yeah. And yeah, those two things. Yeah. <laughs> so, but are you ready for the big question? Uh, I guess. Yeah, no, I'm good. <laughs> Super important question, right? Yeah. Um, people ask it all the time. Um, most of the time, we're too busy to answer it honestly. So hopefully with people in your life, maybe with your partner, best friends or friends that you hold space to answer this question and have people answer it honestly to you. So mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm hopefully going to give you that space right now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So Aaron, on August 9th, 2022, <laughs> when we're recording this episode, how are you doing? Like really, for real? For real? I'm doing really good. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I'm doing great. I like, just don't have any complaints right now. Um, kind of been in like this like weird funk I would say for like the past couple of months um I guess like in terms like mentally kind of felt like I was like falling off the wagon a bit um and I just started like new medications and stuff so it's been like a couple months um since getting all of that situated so I and it's I don't know I I spend a lot of time by myself I work from home like two days during the week and um, you know, have my music blaring and stuff, and yeah, I literally was like dancing around today. It was like, wow, I, you know, like just like almost like in a like an elated feeling, mm. just like not having like a weird like troubling thought or anything for a couple of weeks. So that feels really good. So yeah, I'm, I'm good. I'm chilling. Is that a surprise? <sighs> um, yes and no, because I feel like it it definitely goes like back and forth. Mm-hmm. Um. There's like a, you know, an ebb and flow, a flux and flow, of course, with, you know, like most things in life. But right. yeah, um, uh, right now I'm on that high point. I'm in a good spot, so. Amazing. Yeah, feels good. <clears throat> I mean, there's always going to be peaks and valleys with our mental health. Sure, yeah. No matter what, like even if we were all doing all the right things, like we, whatever works for you in terms of if you go to therapy, if you exercise, if you take medication, right, whatever ingredients you found that work for your mental health there's still always going to be things that irritate us that annoy us that make us sad and that's a normal part like i know probably for you as an artist you want to feel all those things yeah because you want to put that into your art yeah 
but the but when you when you're kind of able to uh, manage it a little bit, like I like to say, like the highs become higher and your lows become your previous highs. For sure. And then it just you you see you feel like you have more of a management on it, and it's not just taking you for a whirlwind. And when you at least for me initially, when you start feeling some of these things with your mental health, it is a whirlwind because you don't know what to do really, mm-hmm. and you kind of feel like it's gonna feel like that forever. Yes. And yeah. then you start to come out of it, and you're like. Oh, mm-hmm. okay. So I can do this. I am capable of overcoming this. Yeah. And even though I am putting in the work on a consistent basis, I'm never not going to have to put in the work. And right. I think that was a realization for a lot of people also. Yeah. Yeah. I would agree. And I feel like no matter like how many cycles of these like up and downs that you go through when you're in that low, it, it doesn't like feel the same necessarily, but you know, you kind of get those thoughts, you're like, whoa, like this, you know, I'm in a really bad spot, and it does still kind of, like, reoccurringly feel like, okay, like, it's not going to get better, even though I know that it will, Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, you kind of, like, at least for me, like, I kind of, like, suffocate myself with those thoughts and kind of bury, um, for a little, but, um, see, I took, like, therapy starting in 2020, you know, as we all went through all that shit, um, and yeah, just being at home all the time, I'm a busy person, and, like, doing things, and, um, you know, my relationship was suffering and it was just a really tough time. So I, that was my first time ever trying therapy. Um, and I loved it. But one of the things that my first therapist taught me was like, you know, it's important to feel all of your feelings because they're valid. You Mm -hmm. know, we are humans, we feel, um, but it's also a matter of like how long you can like let that sit with you for, you know, so for me, at least like moving forward, once I learned that, like, I'm allowed to have a bad day. You know, we all are. Um, I can have a day where I sit in bed and do nothing Mm -hmm. or, you know, whatever. Um, But it's important, too, to also realize, like, like, I can't allow myself to sit like this forever, you know? So at least for me, that's helped in um, when I am having that bad day. I'm like, okay, like, we're allowed to chill. You know, we're going to have this day. But tomorrow, you know, let's try to do something. And honestly, for me, just being busy and having things to do makes me feel better. Um, so yeah, I, I'm, I think I like to book myself into be busy so that I don't have time for my thoughts to kind of seep in and mm. saturate. Yeah. 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 Have you, um, <clears throat> have you been a, um, a meditation person is that something that has entered your life um i attempted it <laughs> it's, it's very it's very hard yeah it's very difficult um yeah no not not really i admire people that do it. i you know it's on instagram and social media all the time oh yeah um i hate to say it's trendy but and, and you know it kind of seems like it has been and i i believe it works maybe i'll give it a shot one day and it'll help um but yeah i just haven't really given it a lot of time i guess to be in my life so yeah yeah Mm -hmm. mental health uh at least since i've been doing this work for since 2018 Mm -hmm. and in the last couple years especially when with covid hitting it has become sort of trendy to talk about mental health and that's good in a sense right because i think the stigma about mental health is 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 not totally removed but many more people are much more comfortable yes. talking about it yeah. and saying that they went to their therapist or all of these things. And so that's good, but it can't be a thing, at least in my view, someone who posts a lot of content about it, it can't be a thing that we only post to get likes. Right. It has to be something that we're actively doing 
in our real life, like every day. Yeah. <clears throat> like I don't care about if you post about it or not. I care about if you're actually being proactive about your mental health, doing the things that are best for you, speaking with your friends honestly. Mm-hmm. And then if you happen to have things that resonate with you and then you want to then share them on social media, I think then it becomes uh, more authentic about how we can best serve our mental health, not the other way around. Right. Yeah, I, I agree. So, but back to that, back to about, about resting. Mm-hmm. Resting is an interesting one, at least for me, because I've been an athlete my whole life. Mm-hmm. And so until recently, rest was never really talked about. And then when, we, when I rested, I felt guilty for resting, so I wasn't actually resting. Yes. And I wasn't actually recovering. Yes. <clears throat> and so it's super interesting what you said about just like, I'm gonna just gonna, I'm just gonna take my day. This is important for me. Yeah. It's like, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's been tough. Um, you know, I've been like on and off different kinds of medication for, you know, depression and anxiety and, you know, the past like couple of years or so. Um, just, you know, on and off. And I think recently with this like, you know, new little cycle and things that I'm on, um, like letting my body like acclimate, mm. um, I think is really kind of where I was like, okay, like I'm feeling bad. Like, you know, I need to like chill out. Um, I feel like one of my like biggest stressors is like, I don't know, it's like little chores and like things that I think I have to do around the house. Like for some, like I, you know, I, I don't know. I have a great partner and we work very well. We do chores together. He does stuff. I do stuff. You know, we're, we're very great at that. It's not that at all. But in my head, I'm just like, I have things I could be doing. I could be organizing. I could be putting this way. I could be deep cleaning. So when I'm at home and I am resting and having that day, my brain is still like, there's stuff you should be doing. Like, you know, if you do it today, you won't have to do it tomorrow. So that's where like my resting kind of slacks a little, but yeah, I mean, yeah, I'm recently, I'm not afraid to like take a day or two where I'm just like, all right, I'm staying home. (laughs) You know, I'm not talking to anybody or whatever. It feels good to do that. It does feel good. Yeah. What about your sleep? Are you a good sleeper? I'm a great sleeper. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I can sleep literally anywhere. Like Mm. on the floor, just like, I'm thankful that I can just sleep wherever. Yeah. Okay, cool. Mm -hmm. So you've always been a good sleeper. You always feel like well rested when you wake up. (laughs) So that's why it's weird. (laughs) I feel like I may oversleep because yeah, I get, um, I'm still like very tired and lethargic in the mornings. Mm. Um, I drink coffee every day. Yeah. <laughs> I love coffee. I'm a big coffee person. Um, which I wasn't until I went to a, like a college course. I thought coffee was like disgusting, like the worst thing ever. And then yeah, I stopped drinking about coffee every day when I was in like my college course and then here I am. I drink it every day. It's so good. I love coffee. Yeah, I do too. It's really quite good. What's your like go to coffee? Um, well, my favorite is like a just a nice vanilla latte. Okay. Super good. Yeah. I have a little machine in my kitchen. Like an espresso machine? <clears throat> it's just like it's just like a little cup that like frosts the milk. Oh yeah, cool, cool. And then I pour it over. I drink Death Wish coffee is my favorite. <gasps> See, I'm too scared to try that. I love coffee, but caffeine can it depends on the day. Yeah. I feel like caffeine can like ruin my day. So really? I have to be, yeah. Have you ever tried it? No. Do you have a Keurig? I do. I'll give you a packet. <laughs> so cool. <laughs> you can have a little cup. Thanks. It's amazing. Yeah. It's really good. Yeah. Yeah. I I've never been a good sleeper, mm-hmm. and so the, the rest thing led into me never being able to sleep well. Yeah. And so I've really been trying to figure out my sleep and make it really important. Because now I know that if I want to 
like work really hard or do anything special, I have to sleep at least seven, eight, nine hours a night yeah. or else I won't be at my best self. Right. And that goes the same with like re- a rest day. If I, you know, I don't know, went too hard at the gym or I got injured at jujitsu, like take a day off, take a week off. I, I cracked my ribs at jujitsu and I'm on my like fourth week off and oh it's, God. I feel actually like really good about it. Oh good. Yeah. Because normally I would have like rushed back re-injured myself then had to take a longer time off and with the beautiful support of my my girlfriend telling me that I need to rest which mm-hmm. she's right all the time I have and I've <laughs> taken four weeks off and like next week I'll probably go back would be my fifth week and they say that you heal around five six weeks I feel pretty good it doesn't hurt when I sneeze anymore that's great I can breathe yeah. and cool. so like I don't know I've no, no question or anything just I've, I see myself just like getting better at it which is yeah. like nice because it's like sleep. It's like, it's not something you can grab onto really. You can kind of sense a feel. So I bought this ring to track my sleep and I, mm. I can see when I'm sleeping better. It's pretty cool. And I know that when I wake up, I'm like, oh, I do I feel good. That's cool. nice. Yeah. 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 No, I, I, I love my sleep. Um, yeah. I worked in restaurants for like seven years, like pre pandemic and having like not a regular routine, I think really mess with like just like the way I felt in general, like physically, but then also mentally, because I don't know, I'm learning that I like thrive on a routine. Mm. So like, you know, not having like a planned set day, like, you know, every week to have that off, that was like really troubling. And then, you know, I missed out on a bunch of stuff. It's just the industry. Um, But yeah, I mean, working till like midnight or something. And then, you know, getting up and having to be to work at 10, like, you know, there's still a good amount of time, but then it's like, where's time for my like relationships and my friends and like my family. So I work at an office job now, which is great. Um, and yeah, so having my like routine, I'm like, okay, I'm in bed by like 9, 30, 10. Yes. And I'm up at like 6, 6, 30. Yes. And it's amazing. I love getting in bed at nine and like falling asleep by 9, 30. It's, it's just, yeah. It's magical. It's yeah. I was at a wedding this past weekend in Chicago for my best friend. Mm. I was the best man. And obviously, <clears throat> I don't drink anymore, but we still stayed out until up. We were at the hotel till 2.33, just like chatting. And yeah. and I was just exhausted. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and we woke up at like eight or nine, right? But mm-hmm. it's like, even going to bed way past my normal bedtime, like mess with my sleep schedule. Yeah. And it's like, but it was obviously very much worth oh, it. Oh yeah. You know, yeah. but. Stuff like that is very interesting. And I like to see like where my resting heart rate was because I stayed up and I was a little more excited when I went to bed and my adrenaline was still pumping because I was with my friends. And That's so cool. Yeah. Yeah. It is cool. <clears throat> so before we, we really dive into um, some of your music, mm-hmm. um, where did you grow up? Oh, gosh. Um, so I grew up a lot of places. Uh, I'm a military brat. Mm. My dad was in the Navy for like 30 years. Um, so I was born in California nice. on the Naval Air Station. I think we moved when I was like three, so I don't remember anything about California. Uh, but we lived in Virginia for six years, and then we moved to Pennsylvania for three, and then we've been in Texas for like 12, 13 maybe. So most of my, like, from what I can remember, my life I've been here. Um, but yeah. You like it here? Uh, yeah, I mean, you think like 10, 12 years, I'd be like, you know, into it. Um, I don't know. It's okay. It's hot. Mm-hmm. Um, we don't get snow in like a nice fall, so I hate that. 
um, fall's like my favorite like season, so I hate that we get like two, three weeks of it and then it's just cold. So <laughs> that's not like my favorite thing. But yeah, I mean, obviously I'm, I'm rooted here. I met my partner here and my family's here. And Do you see yourself being here forever? I don't. No, I'd love to move to like Colorado or something. Mm. The mountains, yeah. I would love to be somewhere like more naturey. Okay. Yeah. So that's ideal. But yeah. Colorado is beautiful. I know. Yeah. It's, it's beautiful. Stunning. Yeah. We took a me and me and Rihanna took a beautiful trip to uh, Colorado Springs in January. Yes. It was just yeah, beautiful. Yeah, we um, we've taken a couple trips to Estes Park. It's like an hour north of Lake Denver. I think so. you were doing a road trip. Yeah, we've in March, right? Uh, yes, yeah. Because it was right before the event. Yes, yeah. Me and my uh, partner went. We went for a concert um, that was touring up in Denver, um, and there was a band that I really wanted to see. So I bought tickets, and I was like, "Oh, we'll just use this as an excuse. We'll go up to you know Colorado a couple of days." Um, and his birthday's in February, and then our anniversary was like a month before that. So we're like, oh, we'll just, you know, do a big trip or whatever. Beautiful. Yeah. Um, but so, we, you know, we drove up there, and we got to uh, Estes Park. It's kind of buried in the, like, Rocky Mountains. Um, and it started snowing. And so we got to our little, like, cabin area. We went and got dinner, you know, got, like, some gas in our car, whatever. And then it just kept snowing and it didn't stop. And the concert was uh, the next night. So we were like, okay, like, you know, maybe it'll clear up and we can drive an hour and a half into Denver. Well, it just kept snowing. So we got like stuck up in the mountains. And, you know, we're not experienced snow drivers. So we just stayed in the mountains for those few days and missed the show. But that's okay. But yeah, it's, man, I, oh, it's just so beautiful. It's so nice. I love it there. So you're definitely going to move there. Hopefully, yeah, that's a dream. Okay. Yeah, I love it. <clears throat> How was moving around a lot? Is that was that challenging? From what I can remember, I mean, I think the biggest move was like from Pennsylvania to Texas, because um, I was in like seventh grade, and you know, like at that age, you start to make like actual friends. Right. You kind of more like cognitively aware of you know friendships and stuff. So yeah, that was really tough moving here initially. Um, but like as a kid and stuff, I don't really remember a whole lot. Um, I'm very thankful that I got to live a lot of places and got to experience a lot of things. We traveled a bunch and stuff, so yeah. But here's, I mean, here's been good. I don't want to like talk crap about Texas. <laughs> I know a lot of people are Texans and they're very proud, so I get, I get it. But yeah, no, I'm, I'm comfortable. I'm good. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. And on that journey, when did you when did you fall in love with music? Oh. Oh, gosh. Um, I think it was, like, high school, like, probably, like, my sophomore year. Um, I had met a couple of friends that were really into, um, I guess you call, like, emo music or whatever. I feel like that term's so lame, but, yeah, like, a bunch of bands and stuff, and, um, up until then, I was, like, a strictly, like, pop radio listener, and I just, like, cringe back, like, thinking about that, because now I'm so heavily, in, like, invested into music, and different bands and stuff and like how did I ever just listen who was, to who was on the radio when you pop, when you were heavily invested in pop radio specifically I think of the song by Kesha was it TikTok or whatever yeah. she's like brushing her teeth with 
alcohol yeah that's like the one song that just is like so prevalent in my head <laughs> so yeah no shame to Kesha she's great sure but, um, <laughs> there's so much more music outside of that so yeah I definitely say like high school um, and then my junior year I had an English teacher and we took like a poetry class um, or like a section of her class was poetry um, and we watched a documentary about um, a group of people um, in a like more uh, impoverished area um, and they turned to like writing and poetry and stuff and they did like slam poetry like events and stuff and I thought that that was really cool and that was like one of the heights of where I like had first started struggling with like depression and anxiety and bad thoughts and all that stuff um so I was like oh you know like you know these people are you know living in poverty you know they don't have such a great environment you know but they turn to this and it's become like such a really good um a good like outlet for them and you know what they're going through in their life and I don't know, I just thought that was really, you know, I, I admired that they had that and that they could, you know, write about it and that was their expression. So yeah, I started writing in that poetry class um, and then me and a handful of friends in school, we created a poetry club in high school. Um, so that was really cool and yeah, that's when I started learning guitar and stuff. So, because I realized like, oh, like poems are literally just lyrics with no music. So I was like, oh, I can do that. <laughs> so, yeah. Hmm. Were you were you um, playing any sort of music before that, or writing before that, or that was that was the initial beginning? Yeah, no. Um, I when I was a kid, I took like piano lessons and stuff, um, and then I played clarinet in like middle school. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, that was my extent of music playing. But yeah. What about poetry drew you in? I don't know. I'm a word person, like. Um, I guess, like, my love language I've learned, too, is, like, words of affirmation. Like, I just really like words. Um, <laughs> I look at, like, Merriam-Webster's, like, word of the day quite often just to, like, learn new words. That's very know. cool. It is cool, right? That's I love very words. Cool. Um, that's how uh, one of my band songs was written. I learned what a word was, and I was like, oh, that's cool, and then wrote it, and I was like, neat. Um, but, yeah, I feel like words can kind of be, like, a catalyst for a thought for me, um, so, I mean, yeah, there's a handful of times where, you know, I've been having a conversation or when I was in, like, music school, um, my instructor said the word manifest, and I was like, oh, I haven't thought about that word in a while. So I literally went home and then wrote a song, and it has the word manifest in it. So sometimes it just kind of, yeah, it's a catalyst and just kind of, like, triggers thoughts, and that's how it's worked so far. So, yeah, it's yeah. cool. Mm -hmm. Amazing. Yeah. I love words. I do, They're too. They're very powerful. They are. Especially when you use them with the, a good intention yes. or an intention in general. Sure. <clears throat> yeah, they just have the the power to inspire. Mm -hmm. They have the power to inspire actions that then create change. Yes. Which is like a beautiful dynamic, I think. Mm -hmm. And music is one of the most powerful things. When I started like creating this podcast, I thought about other things that inspire me. One of those things being music. And I was like, how ever, how will I ever create something that's as powerful as a song? And then I kind of got like a little sad about it. No. But it's like not, not sad in a bad way. It was sad like those people who create the music that inspire me or that make me feel something or that make me cry when I'm driving home is like such a gift. 
And my my art doesn't have to be the same. Correct. But it's my version of it. And, I, and whatever, whoever listens to this might feel the same way about it. But I say that and all to say that music is like one of the most beautiful vehicles of um, love, hope, emotion. Just, yeah. Experiences. Everything. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I think like... Music feels very much like, um, like magic in its like purest form, because mm-hmm. it it is so special and you know it kind of when <laughs> when I'm talking to new people and they're like oh I you know I don't care what I listen to I'm like what do you mean like you know and I I understand some people it just doesn't click and you know they're into other things but God I mean I I can't imagine like my life without music you know yeah yeah it's wild. But uh, I guess to like mention the podcast thing, I mean, you know, I was listening to some episodes and I I got like mega excited for this because I was like, oh, I love like talking about like life things and, you know, like those things also inspire me, I guess, as an artist to listen to other people and like what they have to say and um, their like life experiences and, you know, like interviews and stuff. I, I listened to a bunch of interviews and, you know, just words it's just words dude i think it's words <laughs> yeah yeah <clears throat> so you did poetry mm-hmm. create a poetry club mm-hmm. and then that turned into you like writing actual songs mm-hmm. was that a hard transition because they're much longer a song than, a, than like a poem right yeah um i mean yeah they can be it just you know depends but i think like i got a lot of inspiration from like acoustic artists uh, like one of my like biggest I guess like pushes that made me like really really love music is a city in color I'm like obsessed with that whole project um and I think he's a terrific songwriter um and yeah it's kind of like ties into the emotional thing you know where you know words are just so special and I I don't know they just formulate thoughts I feel like that sometimes you can't articulate and then you pair it with the instruments and it just creates this whole like environment that you can kind of like fall into and just kind of disappear for a while like pull the curtain um but yeah I mean so acoustic is where I really started um and I mean that's still what I play mostly today um but yeah it uh, I don't know the first few songs like from what I remember of writing because it's been so long um wasn't like necessarily like a big challenge because I feel like sometimes for me they just like dump out it can be like a five or ten minute like like just like trail of thought that just falls Mm. and that's how most of my songs have worked out um which I feel like is different because I I hear some people when they write music you know it takes them months to work on a song and I love that like I want to know what that's like too you know to write a song and then to try to like reinvent it and make it better make it better make it better but thus far there's just kind of a just a dump of thoughts yeah and you get like moments of inspiration or you try to inspire yourself through doing things it definitely comes like randomly (laughs) like um I don't know I can't remember last time I picked up a guitar like maybe a couple weeks ago um but I yeah I haven't written a song actually in a while like just me and my guitar um or even like with my band I haven't done that either um so yeah it's very like intermittent when things can happen and yeah Hmm. 
Okay, then what was next after high school? Um, I started playing shows just as a solo person. So you just jumped right in? Yeah, well, let's see. So I went to, like, a music school where I learned, like, music production mm-hmm. and, like, live stuff. That was, like, a year, like, vocational program. Um, and then I interned at a studio uh, out in Garland for, like, six or seven months. Um, and that was really cool. I learned a lot there. And um, I was interns with a couple of other people there. So we had recorded one of my songs there. Um, or actually, we did, like, two or three of them, which was cool. Um, I started, like, posting things on, like, my band camp. You know, it's really easy to just upload songs, like, independently and stuff. Um, so, yeah, I did that. And then I guess I played, like, my first, like, show. It was a house show. So How old were you? Like, 19 or 20, maybe. How long ago was that? Uh, how old am I? <laughs> like, six, seven years ago. Wow. Maybe I was... Yeah, no, I had it been like 18, 19, 20, yeah. What was that first show feeling like? I remember being really nervous. Mm. Um, or actually, no, my first show, I played a, oh, I played a Battle of the Bands in Dallas. Yeah. <laughs> that, oh God, that's what that was. Yeah, that was really nerve wracking because I played at the door in Dallas and that was like, you know, a really prominent like venue there. I saw some of my first shows there, like seeing other people play. Um, yeah, it was terrifying because I was the only solo person. So everyone was in a band. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it was just like me and a drummer. And it was really scary. <laughs> well, you did it. I did, yeah. And all my friends and family supported it. It was really cool. So, Looking back at it now, how do you feel about it? Embarrassed. But I'm glad that Why? I did it. Why embarrassed? Like, I don't know, dude. It was just like, I don't know. I guess it was, it, I guess it's kind of cool to think about because it was just like me and my first thing ever was like in front of a bunch of people. So I guess it's Courageous. Kind of cool. It's so fucking cool. <laughs> Thanks. Come on. It's alright, yeah. It's amazing. I, I distinctly remember my first professional wrestling match. Mm. I'm retired now. Like officially? Yeah. Oh. Okay. I retired actually like um, maybe a, a week or two after the March event. Really? Wow. <clears throat> yeah, it wasn't like planned at all. I knew okay. I was going to take a break because I was heading into baseball season. Okay. And then I just haven't really felt the urge to get back in but I don't know it's not a I don't think it's a forever thing it's just a a right now thing yeah but uh my first match is still on YouTube oh gosh yeah exactly neato uh and there's just I dyed my hair blonde at one point Mm -hmm. it was like just a bunch of I thought at the time really cool stuff I still think it's really cool but then you kind of the same idea that you have is like you kind of look at it and you're like hmm cringy a little bit yeah you know because you evolve as a person and like i wouldn't make those decisions now correct even if i was still being a professional wrestler i was a totally different quote-unquote character than i was back then but it still worked for me back then to do whatever cool stuff i got to do but it's interesting to have like a a, you know a bird's eye view on it yes because now I'm, i'm removed from it and i can see it like oh okay but amazing though yeah. Amazing that I just went out in front of a, a bunch of people in my underwear and yeah. did some moves. You did it, yeah. <laughs> and it worked. Yeah, yeah. it worked. Yeah. yeah. So that's amazing. That's super cool. Um, okay, then what, then what happened? You did Battle of the Bands? Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, so then I played a house show. That was like kind of chill. Just a bunch of random people in a living room. That was fun. Um, and then, yeah, I think I played, like, a couple shows, like, out in Dallas through a couple of, like, booking and production companies. 
Um, yeah. And then I, I took like a long uh, hey, hiatus. Yeah, I took a long hiatus for a while just because I was like, you know, I was still like writing songs, but I haven't put anything out honestly in forever. Um, I did like a little like demo in my bedroom when I was living with my parents and that like got put up and I guess like as an artist like and I'm learning this now but like as an artist like if you don't like constantly like I guess like work at it you know of course it's gonna go nowhere mm -hmm. like there are those like random one-off cases where you know like Post Malone he posted that song on SoundCloud and like blew the fuck up and I was huge mm -hmm. you know um, and granted, of course, he's worked really hard, but, you know, that one song, you know, really, like, pushed him up to where he's at. Right. Um, so, yeah, I mean, unless you have that and, like, one person, you know, that knows somebody that knows somebody listens to it, like, it's, you know, I don't want to say it in a discouraging way because, honestly, like, for me, it's very, like, cathartic to write and sing and play my music. Um, and that's the heart of it, you know. It'd be cool to, like, go tour and, you know, play shows and stuff, but... If I just get to, you know, write and, I don't know, it's kind of like a therapy for me now. If I can just write my feelings and then, you know, go play it to a couple people who will listen and maybe it'll resonate. Like, that's awesome, you know. Um, but, yeah, so just, like, playing a couple shows as, like, a solo person. Um, and then, yeah, I started playing shows for a while. Um, just, I don't know, just because life and I was working a bunch. And um, I moved out of my parents' house. And that's when I met my partner, Reed. Um, hey, Reed. Yeah, hi, Reed. <laughs> um, yeah, he's great. Um, he, he's also a musician as well. Oh, yeah? So, yeah, so we definitely, like, bonded there, and I think that, like, keeps us close because we like a lot of the same music, and we can talk about, you know, all the internal, what does this sound like? This is cool, you know, whatever. So that's a neat thing. Um, uh, but, yeah, I don't know. And then... Um, I put out like a record of demos back in 2020. So when I was like really bored and not playing shows and anything, um, I had a bunch of like demos on my phone and I just put them into GarageBand, like did a couple of things and posted them on Bandcamp. That was the last I've really done with like my solo stuff. So hmm. yeah, it's kind of just in and out for me. Yeah. Yeah. Couple comments. Go for it. One, Post Malone. I'm so glad you mentioned him. <sighs> Love him. He's my favorite artist. Really. On the planet. Oh, oh yes, uh, I'm going to see him in October for the first time ever. We saw him a couple years ago in Wyoming. Oh, that's a, so weird. Yeah. I want to go to Wyoming like really badly. We went to like a Frontier Days, like the big like rodeo thing. Yeah. My boyfriend's family is like a part of a group and they go. So, um, yeah, so we went. But luckily he was playing that year and we were like, what is he doing in Wyoming playing rodeo? Magical. So good. You're going to have a great time. He's a great performer. My girlfriend has seen him twice. Mm. So we're going to the American Airlines Center in October. And awesome. I love Post Malone. Yes. And it's interesting that you brought him up because those cases are interesting now. Especially nowadays, you have all of these platforms that if you put something out, you could instantly become famous. Yeah. And it really depends on if you're actually talented or not. And I don't say that in a mean way. No. Yeah. Like... Hey, Joel, Post Malone is incredibly talented. Yeah. He can play multiple genres of music. He sings country like a... It's beautiful. Yeah. Right? He can obviously rap. Yeah. Right? He can do... His new album was different than his previous albums, like White Iverson uh, and Stoney was more of a rap album, and then he kind of changed a little bit, and he dropped some rap here, and then he sings a little bit. Yeah. 
But if he hadn't been an actual in love with music yeah. and able to do all these things, he would have, White Iverson would have got really hot and would have done the same thing that it did. And then where would his you know career have gone? He's put out four albums now yep. and they're all very successful. And he's like 25 years old. He doesn't really yes. have to do anything, yeah. right? But he loves music and that's his form of releasing stuff because I guarantee he's, a, he's probably very bored, right? He has a lot of money, you know, doing whatever really famous people do right he can't go <laughs> yeah. out in public like he's yeah. one of those people yeah he also looks very odd yeah and he's also post malone yeah and so he uses music as that tool for him to probably keep himself alive right which is um incredibly powerful and sad and a mixture of emotions mm -hmm. and so i think that rolls into what you were talking about about i talked about this a lot on this podcast like the fame but if you just are basically in love with the process of actually doing the thing that you're doing, it's not really important what the outcome, how the outcome turns out. Right. So if I just love doing this podcast, which I do, I'm yeah. 111 episodes in. I know, yeah. And awesome. sitting down and talking to people without a phone and distractions is the best thing that I can do in my life. Mm -hmm. And some people listen, but I hope no one listens because really this is just for me. And the guest and yeah. our conversation and where we get and what resonates with us. And uh, it's the same thing potentially for you with music, right? It's a vehicle for you to feel your best. Mm -hmm. Like I'm feeling this way. I'm going to put this out. Maybe I'll play some shows. Maybe I'll do this. Maybe it works out. But I know that I love doing it, the thing. And that's the most important part. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. So that it's, it's, it's hard to get that way. Because everything in our society is, is driven by the what is the result? What's yes. the outcome? Yes. What did you get from this? Well, what I got from this is feeling fulfilled, healthy, doing something that I love, and sharing it with the most important people in my life. Maybe that was just me, because mm -hmm. our relationship with ourselves is very important. Maybe it's my partner. Maybe it's at a show in front of eight people. Yeah. You know, maybe I put it on Spotify and 12 people listen to it. Fucking sweet. That's awesome. Yeah. I think that's awesome. Yeah, totally. So, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> good stuff. No, yeah, I mean, and I don't know, it's kind of like, like double-edged, like, of course, like, you want to be able to, like, do the thing that you love as, you know, like, your main job and, or, not job, I guess, but your income, mm -hmm. you know, because we all have to pay bills and, you yes. know, whatever. That's, that's, Buy a, that's the other side of the story, yeah. Yeah, so, um, you know, monetarily, I think, you know, most people would love to make money off of their hobbies, um, which, and for some people, it gets there, and it's kick-ass, and, you know, it's also still, like, lots and lots of hard work, and mm -hmm. you have to be, like, self-disciplined and... You know all of that stuff so I mean there's a lot of things that factor into it but f yeah for now I'm content with you know just playing for random people or myself or my cat in my living room you know and playing at your loved events yes yes it was so fun it was a great time and we're gonna talk about it okay so I have something to ask you okay so I'll ask you in a bit okay cool um but yeah it's like on one end right um, people talk about finding your purpose all the time. And I think that's very, very important, right? Mm -hmm. There's ways you can find your purpose, but your purpose doesn't always have to be your job because then it gets kind of conflated, right? Because if your purpose is anything, right? My, my purpose, I figured out, is to try and end mental suffering, right? That'll never happen in my lifetime, 
but everything I do is aimed towards that. And sometimes it feels like I'm not making a dent at all. So it can weigh you down and be like, all this shit is fucking worthless. It's not working. But then little things happen in your life where it's like, wow, no, it's like, yeah, mm-hmm. you got to just keep moving. Mm-hmm. But if you're not prepared for all of those mutually existing emotions and experiences based on this one purpose that you found, then you can keep it just as something you do every once in a while. You still have a job. You still right. can feed yourself and your family or whatever. Right. But you have this purpose that gives you some sort of extra meaning in your life that you do on the weekends, that you go and serve people or you help people. And it can be a hobby as well. Not every hobby has to be your life. Right. It can just be a part of your meaningful life. Right. And that's important too because it's, it's also very trendy on social media to talk about that. And then people get in this trap and then they get in their own way and then they don't know what to do and then they feel like a failure because they don't have a purpose and they're not making, they're not monetizing their purpose on YouTube through TikTok and then it's like, you don't have to do any of that. Yeah. It's just about what you do in your life every day and if you feel like sharing it, that's great. Yeah. Like I said earlier. So it's, it's very complicated to one, find something that you love to do because it's very important to, to find that love so you have like something to get up for every day. But then, once it becomes bigger than you might have expected it to become, then it's like, what do I do? Now I'm not doing the thing that I love. Now I'm doing business meetings. Right. And I'm uh, doing all the stuff that I wasn't planning on doing, but my podcast or my YouTube channel or my vlog or my Etsy channel is like everywhere. Yeah. And so you, you want to be able to do only the thing that you want to do and then... And it gets to that point, kind of delegate out, but that's you know it's far-reaching stuff at this point. But I'm kind of uh, going on a tangent. No, you're good. <laughs> yeah, no, and I think too, like I don't know. I feel like social media obviously is a great tool, and it's going to be around for a very long time. Yeah. Um, but it definitely has its like conflicts for me, mm-hmm. and I have my moments where I literally just have to delete everything off my phone because I'm like. Like, you know, there's the comparing thing, and then you see somebody's like, oh, like, um, I'm a, I do this, blah, 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 but I can go on vacations every month, you know, and you're like, why the fuck am I not doing that, (laughs) you know, like, I want to go on vacation every month, um, so I, I mean, I guess the root is comparing, but yeah, also I like what you said about, like, not, like, monetizing your hobby, because, like, yeah, it doesn't have to be like that, like, and even if you're good at it, like, say you're good at, like, making jewelry, and you want to give it to your friends, like, you don't have to open a business to sell jewelry. You can just do it. Yeah. Because you enjoy the craftsmanship, you enjoy the creativity. Yeah. You know, you do it with your daughter, and she loves it, and you guys bond there, and you speak about stuff that's, like... All that stuff is way more important if you all, if again, you have your basic needs taken care of. Sure. Which is like foundational level. Yeah, bottom line. Yeah. 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 I think about it a lot, obviously, as yeah. you can tell. No, yeah, I do too. And like, I mean, I would love to like not be like working in like a corporate environment or, to, you know, to not be in like this mega like conglomerate, just like. I can't say society because at least for our lifetime, it's always going to be like that. But, you know, like the thought of like working for like a smaller company where maybe there's like not as much pressure, but like I'm still making good money. Mm -hmm. But then that's also like where I feel like it kind of, you can like teeter totter, you know, if you want to go into like a different career or, you know, start like working for yourself and doing your own business. Like there are like some sacrifices, you know, specifically my brain goes to money because, you know, 
we have bills and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, there are some things, specifically money, I guess, that you know you have to take into account too. So, I mean, I've heard it's very difficult to start your own business, but then once people get it going and, you know, like that's their life and they love it. And so kudos to you if you own your own business. I think it's sick, but... Yeah, yeah. I mean, I work for myself. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. Like, 100%. Mm-hmm. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. That's awesome. Yes. But... Yeah. Um, hard work. Of course it's hard work. You yeah. know, I can find myself... I could work 24 hours a day. Yeah. If, if I wanted to. Because everything... If I don't do it, it doesn't get done. Right. You know, my businesses aren't big enough where I have, like, a team. Right. I have some people that work for me enough. Ben, who edits this podcast, and I have some people who do graphics for me and stuff like that. <clears throat> but mostly it's just me running all of the stuff. My podcast, You Are Loved, this baseball organization. Wow. Uh, another company that I have. Uh, yeah, it's just me. And so I, I love that idea. And I just kind of started all of this stuff because I didn't have a job when COVID hit because I was only wrestling. Mm-hmm. And then there's no shows. So I, you know, nothing. You yeah. can't wrestle in front of no one. So I just had to figure it out. And wow. I did. And I had all this stuff in my head about what I wanted to do. So then You Are Love became an official nonprofit. I started Champions Adjust. I went all in on this podcast. And it's kind of, it's working out really well for me. That's awesome. But yeah, it's not, it's not easy by any means. Sure. Yeah. Right? Um, I have to, I have to set boundaries for when I'm on my phone, when I'm working, when I'm spending time with the people that I care about, um, vacations, all this stuff. And it's, it's all a work in progress. Mm-hmm. Some days I'm good at it. Some days I'm not. But it it makes me... I feel overwhelmed a lot. But the that is taken over by the fact that I know that I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing. Yeah. And I think that's important. Yeah, totally. So... That's hmm. awesome. I didn't know that you were, like, all, like, working for yourself and stuff. That's so cool. Yeah, I've, I've never worked an office job. Okay. Uh, I worked as a personal trainer. Awesome. Right when I graduated college until I moved to Philadelphia for wrestling. Mm-hmm. And then that's pretty much it from there. Personal trainer. That's so cool. It was cool. Yeah. Yeah. Now, now I don't, do, I mean, I train myself. Yeah. Because working out is a big part of my life, but. Right. Yeah. Now I just, this is it. Wow. This famous couch. Yeah. <laughs> Kudos to you. That's awesome. So that's why I think about the, the, the fame idea a lot. Because I, I, I know in my heart that this podcast is going to be one of the best podcasts in the world. And what does that mean for me? I don't know. What happens when, you know, 50,000 people are listening to this every week? Mm-hmm. That's wild. Because mm-hmm. it's going to happen because I believe it and yeah. I want it to. Yeah. But what's the, what's the other side of it? Uh, what do I have to stop doing? Mm-hmm. Where's, where do I allocate my time? Um, how do I delegate stuff that I normally did myself for the last three years to someone else? All of these things are very interesting in terms of that. Yeah. Yeah, I guess, like, on the flip side, like, working in a corporate, like, environment, I just go and do my job and go home and mm-hmm. I get paid, you know? Yeah. I don't have to think about, you know, the big, like, business ventures and the big, like, oversight. So the perspective is interesting. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, Thank you. That's awesome. Yeah. I learned something new today. Yeah, exactly. That's what we have these conversations mm-hmm. for. That's cool. But back to you. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so you did mention when you were talking about slam poetry. Mm-hmm. 
and starting a poetry club in high school, that was the first time you dealt with anxiety and depression. Mm-hmm. Was there something, was there a moment that happened or just kind of dealing with life and, or was there something? Yeah, I think it was like kind of towards like the end of like my freshman year, you know, high school. For some people is really great and other people it fucking sucks. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I just like, I don't know, I guess I kind of like struggled, you know, um, of course to like fit into, I don't know, high school is so intimidating. You're around all these older people who are, you know, cool and beautiful and popular and, you know, all that stuff. So there's like that. And then, you know, you're also like struggling like academic wise. You want to, you know, because I feel like the big push is to like, yeah, go to college. You know, there's all of this like, okay, your life is about to start. Like you got to figure it out. You got four years, Mm -hmm. figure it out. So there's that pressure. Um, you know, of course, there's your body's going through physical changes that really, you know, can fuck a lot of people up. Um, there's the pressure for, like, dating, um, you know, and, oh, like, their boyfriend, girlfriend, you know, they, you know, have been together six months or, you know, and then there's me who didn't date anybody in high school. Same. So there was that pressure of, like, am I just fucking weird or, like, what's going on, you know? Um yeah, I think it was, like, you know, just an accumulation of pressure, really. Um, mostly it was, like, my sophomore year that it really kind of, like, hit me really hard. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it was not a great time for me. Um, so, yeah, like, sophomore year is when it really just kind of hit me. Um, yeah, I was going through, like, just, yeah, like, bouts of, like, really low times and kind of, like, like smothered myself with music and got really like invested to it it kind of became like a security blanket to Mm -hmm. have like my ipod you know um and yeah i mean it it got to the point where i was self-harming and that became a like daily thing in my life which in hindsight is really you know sad to talk about because now i just am in a different place but yeah so i struggled really hard with that um and I had confessed to my parents and was like, hey, this is what's happening. Like, I'm really scared. I feel like I'm going down a really dark path. Like, I feel like if I don't say something, like, I'm not going to, like, be here anymore. Um, and it definitely kind of got to that, like, really, like, hard point where I was like, I need to, like, do something. Like, you know, this isn't cool. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I kind of got met with, you know, the, you know we're disappointed and you know that whole talk and it's I'm not digging at my parents they had never been through it they didn't you know you don't know what to say when your child tells you that and so there's no fault there at all um but you know I kind of like internalized it and was like okay like like I know it's not a good thing but this is how I was dealing with my feelings or whatever um so I was clean for a while and then my junior year I started playing soccer again so I played soccer my freshman year took off sophomore year and then played junior year uh for the school um and I was put into a goalkeeper position which I had never played before and the goalie I'm sure you're familiar with soccer but like holy shit it's a lot of pressure and especially when you've never played before and you know, you're playing for your high school, yeah. you know, that was just kind of an added pressure, and, um, I had, like, eating struggles as well, um, you know, just, like, bad body image, you know, that came with the, you know, these girls look like this, and I look like this, you know, um, so yeah, that was, like, a weighted pressure to, like, feeling like I wasn't who I could be, or who I was supposed to be, and I was kind of, like, just ashamed of who I was, like, overall, 
Um, but yeah, when playing soccer, um, I had relapsed and started to self-harm again. And that kind of like, I was like, okay, like, you know, I'm back in this tough spot. So I confided in one of my elders at the school and they were like, okay, legally, you know, we have to tell somebody. So I went and talked to um, my the like school counselor or whatever and she was like yeah like you know either you could tell your family when you get home or I can call them in we can have a conversation so I was like I'll tell them so I told them again like hey this is happening again like I'm really struggling you know you need to call the school counselor you know we can get something worked out and so my parents made a couple of phone calls and they never got back to my parents so at that point, it kind of being like the second time of me like really struggling, I truly felt like I was just on my own and mm -hmm. like I had to deal with everything myself, um, which I feel like kind of feeds into like my like independent nature. You know, I'm very much like, okay, I'll figure it out. Like, you know, I got to figure it out. I'll fix it, you know, um, and not to like really rely on anybody. And, you know, to say again, it's to no fault of my parents or the counselor, you, you know, it, it's unfortunate that I didn't have the support at that time, um, but it's kind of like made me who I am now. And, you know, I've reached out when I'm not feeling good and in those spots again. So at least now I know that I have that help and I can get there and I'm in a much better spot now. But yeah, I mean, the, the real true weight of my like first deals with depression and stuff for those couple of years in high school so high school sucked for me <laughs> but yeah did you did you know when you were experiencing it that it was depression or you just thought you were feeling awful I just thought I was feeling really bad yeah I knew like you know um, a handful of you know my immediate circle of friends and stuff were kind of dealing with relative things and um other so I knew that I wasn't like truly alone and you know maybe some of that kind of fed off each other's misery um you know misery loves company it's you know a true thing um but yeah no and in, in hindsight that's definitely like my first big um I guess phase of that that mm -hmm. was my first like really big low yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. I I like this like's not a great word but I'm using it now. Sure. To say this anytime someone brings up self-harm, because I don't think a lot of people think about this when it's talked about, is that it's really important to thank the part of yourself that decided to do that because you thought you could have made in the moment because you didn't do the other decision, mm -hmm. which was, you know, which would have been ending your life. So I've talked a lot of people about this and it's like you really have to acknowledge that part of yourself and thank you yourself for that because it that even though it self-harming is, is is a challenging thing it actually saved you and i think that's important to recognize that in yourself as you move forward in your journey right um and so i don't know if you feel that way about it but i i i think i think that's true yeah i guess i haven't like put it in that light i think like in terms of like thanking myself was just like you know that one night when i was taking a shower and just like sobbing hysterically and was like genuinely like afraid of like myself in these thoughts like that like one ounce of whatever was there was like you need to tell somebody mm -hmm. that's like you know the girl that i look back on and i'm like yeah like, proud of that girl yeah because it's like i don't know there's just so many things that I wouldn't have gotten to experience if it had been the other option. And it's like really scary and, you know, sad to think about. Mm -hmm. And, um, 
yeah, I don't know. And it's not to say that, like, just because I had that really tough, heavy phase, of course, that, you know, I won't go through another phase again or that I haven't been. Um, I will say, thankfully, I feel like they haven't been as low as that. Um, but, yeah, that really sucked. <laughs> but, yeah, I'm, I'm thankful to, you know, be here and to now acknowledge when I'm struggling to, you know, ask for help and yeah. to go seek it on my own um, with the help of others, of course. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you have, to, you have to honor that part of yourself because it did something for you mm-hmm. in the moment where you needed yourself the most and mm-hmm. you made the best decisions you could, mm-hmm. which is super uh, incredible that two times that you decided you, you needed to ask for help as such a young person experiencing something for the first time. Yeah. That's wild and it's really, really amazing. It's really scary, yeah. And it, it kind of came with, like, you know, little, like, moments of shame where you're like, I, like... I don't know because when you know when you're by yourself I feel like you can um kind of like justify like what you're doing Mm. or what your thoughts are saying or you know you kind of give like some some like weird twisted like validation like this is fine you know but then when you have to say that to somebody else Mm -hmm. it becomes so much different and you know your stomach flips and turns into knots and you're like yeah like this is embarrassing um you know, as a, as a young person, to be like, yeah, like, I'm doing this to myself. Like, there was a little bit of shame that came with it. I think that's just, like, a natural thing that I had. But, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but then you're honoring those parts. Right. You know, you're thanking that, that part of yourself for, for getting you to the point where you are. Mm-hmm. Um, and now, with more life experience, you, you have a better way of handling things when they get dark because they will because things get dark and that's just how life is it beats you down it beats you up but I think knowing the darker side of life and always being able to see the light at the end of the tunnel allows the moments that are light that are led with love to to feel that much better yeah at least in my experience yeah and I think too like when I do go through those like really challenging like pits of life and am feeling at a very, very low point and, you know, start to climb out of it, I think it's important, too, to kind of, like, acknowledge, like, maybe not everybody to the same degree or maybe there are some people at all that don't ever feel like this and that's incredible. But, you know, to kind of, like, I don't know. I feel like there was, like, a lot of initial rejection when I first started, like, climbing up and you get out of that and you're like, oh, that'll never happen again. Mm. Oh, that'll never happen again. You know, and you just kind of, like, push it away, you reject it. And then when it starts to happen, you're kind of like, what's wrong with me? Like, why am I feeling like this? So I guess now as, like, an older person, as someone who's been dealing it, dealing with it, rather, for a handful of years, like, I kind of know that it is, like, in a way, a part of me. Mm -hmm. And to not be so, like rejective or like ashamed of it because now I have better ways to cope um and I think that's important to highlight too is to not be so like I guess just like ashamed of it in general because there are so many other people you know that struggle and you know whether it be in the same way that I did and have or you know in a different way too it's it's important to you know talk about it thankful for platforms and mediums like this you know yeah we can talk about stuff and you know, it's important. It's very right. important. Because you're you're not you're not broken. Yeah. Right. There's nothing wrong with you. Yeah. You just uh, need a little extra love, support, care, mm-hmm. medication. Yeah. Whatever it is, whatever the 
ingredients are. And the first step, like you did, right, is, is at least letting someone know or at least being honest with yourself that you're not feeling like your best self. Yeah. And then be like, okay, take a moment, like you did in the shower, like, okay, what can I do right now to get me to a point where I can see the next hour, two hours, day, two days, week? Yeah. And then it starts to become a domino effect and then you start to trust yourself and believe in yourself and accept help and, and honor this part of yourself that may come back or may not come back, but you know how to deal with it a little bit better this time than you did the last time and that keeps happening throughout the rest of your life. And, yeah. and then you still <clears throat> live the best life that you possibly can with the people that you love and the experiences that you have. Yeah. And that's what I think. 100%. I yeah. agree. Speaking of this fantastic, beautiful subject that I like to talk about all the time, some of some people listening or watching to this watching this podcast will have seen you perform at the You Are Loved event that we had so cool. in March. Yeah. It was our first one ever. Yeah. I think it went amazing. It was yeah. It what was do you a, think about it? Was it was a good turnout. I yeah, I was impressed and I love that little venue too. It was a really good spot to have it and everyone was so nice and all the people I talked to. Yeah, it went really well. It was good. Everyone loved you. That's awesome. You're amazing. I'm glad to hear that. Thank you. <laughs> That's why I want to ask you this question. Okay. So I'm running another event. Oh, cool. September 29th. Okay. 2022. Yeah. Are you, fr- are you free? Right now, yeah. It's from 7 to 9. Okay. It'll sure. be in Uptown Dallas. Oh, nice. At another taco shop. Cool. Called Tequila Delicious. Awesome. And I would love for you to perform again. Yes, I'll be there. I'm working on my uh, little calendar. Sweet. Yeah. And Logan will, Logan will film you. Bitchin'. I love him. I, I think I want to ask his partner to take photographs. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But I haven't, I haven't gotten around to it yet. Yeah. That'd be really cool. So yeah, yeah, I'm there. So you're in? Yeah, 100%. There's not going to be any other performances like oh. there were last time. Okay. So it's kind of a different format. The one in March was was me really trying to push for donations and for fundraising. Because before that, I was self-funding You Are Loved. And I needed some financial backing to kind of run the support groups and the things that I'm trying to do. And so that was great. We raised $17,000. Awesome, right? Amazing. Wow. Yeah. So my goal was my goal was between five and twenty. So I, I did pretty good. Five was like the low end. I just wanted to have some expectations, but twenty was the high end. So we got pretty close. And <clears throat> I'll need more funds going into next year, but I'll continue fundraising and and asking for grants and things like that. So we continue to do more. But uh, September is kind of about more about just like a it's like community engagement. So the event is called an evening of love with friends. Cute. And so, and it's in more of a spot where I think there'd be more foot traffic. People will just kind of walk in. And so I'm going to kind of do the same talk I did at the beginning, introduce people. Because there'll be some people there that don't know what we're doing. Right. So I'll do that. And then it's going to be more loose throughout the night. Like some people can come up and share their story if they want. Some people want to come up and share their poetry if they want. Otherwise, it'll just be like kind of a mingle, kind of a hangout. And then you'll perform for the last 30 minutes. Wow. The closer. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. I oh, I would love to. Yeah. Hopefully I'll write a new song or something before then. That way it'll be a little different. Yeah. That'd be cool. So, and I'll talk to you after about the kind of the, um, their, their, uh, setup. Cause it's not yeah. like the other place. So I'm going to okay. have to get some stuff for you. I don't know what you need, but. Okay. 
Cool. Anyways. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. So that's going to happen. Cool. I'm excited. Yeah. Yeah. So sweet. Live on the pod. Yeah. All right. I have a couple more questions for you. Okay. One, what's the best concert you've ever been to? Mm. I know it's a tough question or maybe it's not. It's tough. Yeah. Um, the one that stands out is Paramore mm. in 2019. At, great. Um, the Toyota Music Factory, Sweet. In, like Las Colinas or whatever. Um, yeah, by chance, my friend like bought two um, like pit tickets, and she ended up getting a photo pass, and her other friend couldn't come, so she gave the two pit tickets to me and my friend, and I got so drunk and I danced so hard and like. Oh, you had a great time. It was amazing. Yeah, stands out to me like I. Oh, I would, I would do anything to go back to that moment. It was such a good show. Mm-hmm. They're, they're just great, yeah. They are. Yeah. Beautiful, excellent. Amazing. What's, dead or alive, one uh, person you'd like to see in concert that you haven't seen yet? Oh my gosh. Mine's Post Malone, I'm seeing in October. Let's yeah. go. Yeah, Let's go. We're gonna hit that, that bucket list. Oh my gosh. This is so tough. And then I wanna see Harry Styles. I think, yeah, he was going to, because I was a One Directioner. I was a Directioner yeah? girl. Yeah. I like them. Yeah, they they were great. I think, yeah, Harry Styles would be really cool. Or, um, like, Florence and the Machine. Mm-hmm. I've never seen Florence. Yeah. That'd be really cool. Sweet. Yeah. <clears throat> Anything next for you on the horizon? Besides the Your Loved event? September 29th, yeah, 2022. Yeah, September 29th, <laughs> Alice, Your Loved. Um, no, yeah, that'll be really cool. That, um... We didn't even talk about your band. Yeah. Fever Colt? Yeah. Mostly it's band stuff. Um, we actually have a meeting tomorrow, like a production meeting, to talk about some video stuff we may be doing for some releases at the end of the year. Um, we have a couple songs that are, like, mix-mastered, done. Um, we'll be announcing something soon. So that's cool. Um, no shows as of right now, but yeah, that's that's consuming a lot of my musical. So that's where you're going in on right now. Yeah, yeah, the solo stuff is really cool, and I'll you know probably keep writing when those moments happen when I'm by myself at home. But yeah, Fever Cold's like our big focus. We're Sweet. Kind of rebranding, changing direction a bit, and oh really? Yeah. In an exciting way. Yeah, I'll I'll play you some stuff off camera Sweet. if you're interested. Yeah. Of course I am. No, yeah, but um. Yeah, so I'm really excited. For but that, you, that music is on Spotify. Yep. Yeah, people yeah. can listen. Yeah, Spotify, Apple, all that stuff. All yeah. the good stuff. Mm-hmm. Sweet. Yeah. Okay. I'm really stoked. Yeah. And then, where can people find you the best? And then Instagram. Uh yeah, Instagram. Yeah, Fever Cult Band is the band, and then um, I don't know what mine is. E. E underscore Quinny. Yeah, Quinny. Yeah. yeah. I got so, it. So yeah, there you go. Yeah, Thanks. they'll be they'll be posted in the show notes. <laughs> Oh yeah, cool. For sure. Yeah, that's uh, my main like social media that I post to. On Instagram. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Awesome. Mhm. Well, good. Yeah. And then final question. Oh no. Here it is. Yeah. If you would create a billboard, Aaron. <laughs> Damn it. And millions of people would see that billboard every single day. What would you put on that billboard? Question stolen from Tim Ferriss, by the uh, way. Yeah. Man, I've been trying to think about this like all week. There's a few that like kind of pop into my brain, I guess. Um, I throw them out. Yeah, I mean, for, okay, yeah, I'll just say one. Um, Just like 
And it's so like cliche umbrella, but like your feelings are valid at every moment. Um, I love cliche. Okay. My company's called You Are Loved. Yeah, no, but it's, it's cheesy it's and beautiful. Yeah. Um, yeah, just your feelings are valid at every moment. I think whether how long they sit with you or, you know, how long you let them sit with you. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, just in one moment, you're allowed to be whatever you're feeling. Your feelings are valid in every moment. Yeah. Beautiful. Yeah. Let's throw it on a billboard. Cool. Yeah. You got like 50K laying around or whatever it is. <laughs> Billboards are very expensive. They're very expensive. Yeah. When people do like pranks, like YouTubers do like their little prank, like billboards, I'm like, you wasted money on that. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I do want to make a billboard one day though. No, that's, that'd be sick. And just put every single saying on there. No, that'd be really cool. But they'd all be really small. So I don't know. If they'd be like legible as you're driving by. Yeah. yeah. I want people to actually feel those things. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Maybe there will be like some kind of technology that you just like, as you drive by it, it like reads it to you or something. Whoa. That'd be kind of cool. Just like automatically projects into your speakers. Yeah. Hmm. Any uh, last minute thoughts, comments, questions, concerns? Okay. Funny stories? No. Thanks for having me. Thank it's you for joining. Nice. Yeah. I loved speaking with you. Yeah, me too. And getting to know you. Yeah. It's awesome. Because yeah. we didn't get a chat a bunch in March. Right. Because I was a bit busy. Yeah. You were performing. Yep. But now we're friends. Yeah. I'm and excited. Now and now you're performing for us again. Yes. It'll Sweet. be very cool. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. Uh, share this with a friend. Like, subscribe, follow, review, Apple, YouTube, Spotify, all that good stuff. But most importantly... Most importantly, take good care of yourselves and others. I'll see you next time. Much love.